Greetings, Crosspoint Church, and all friends who have joined us today. I hope you're all enjoying the expanded bubble now that we're able to include more of our family members and close friends. Uh, that's a great improvement. And I, along with you, look forward to the day in the not-too-distant future when uh, restrictions will be relaxed to the point where we can once again meet at Four Coronation Court. Until then, we're delighted to come to you in this format. Uh, it's been awesome to have guest preachers the past uh, couple of Sundays. Carolina Parker spoke to us on Mother's Day. And then what a great privilege to have homegrown boy, Brent Ingersoll, home to preach to us last Sunday. So this day, we're returning to the sermon series that we have been doing the last while, How to Handle What Life Hands You. And today, our own Pastor John Sherwood is going to be speaking a sermon in that series. But before he comes to preach to us, let's pray together. Father, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in our country. We would pray today for Prime Minister Trudeau. We pray for Premier Higgs, who are giving us leadership in these days. We pray that you would incline their hearts and minds toward you. We pray today for the bewildered, for the lonely, for the confused, for the apprehensive, for those who are unduly stressed. I pray for those today who, who realize they have no solid foundation. I pray that they would be considering you and all that you can do in their lives if they would but permit you. We pray for your church. I pray that you would help your church to be salt in a flat and tasteless world. Help your church to be light in this dark world. We pray for the pastors and all the leaders at Crosspoint Church. I would ask for the wisdom that we all need to lead your church, for it is your church. And Father, I pray for Pastor John Sherwood as he comes now to preach your word. Father, would you speak to us through him? I pray that he would share with us a life-giving word as we eagerly wait to hear what you would say to us this day. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Happy Sunday, Crosspoint. It's really good to be with you. And it's May the 24th. And this whole week, you've probably been seeing the green leaves coming out. It's been really nice. And May 24th is a special day for Kelsey and I. It's the day we got engaged back in 2014. Do you want to hear about it? Okay, sure. Uh, so basically, uh, she knew that it was coming and she said that and she'll tell you that. But the reason she knew it was coming is because she handed me one of those little business cards with the quote of the exact ring that she wanted. 
wanted. And so, of course, she knew it was coming. But it was a very special day. And so uh, we're celebrating uh, that today. And, uh, and it's, it's going to be a good day. And also tonight, we get to celebrate kind of together in being live on, on uh, Pastor's Chat for, for Facebook Live. And so uh, we hope that you would join us a little bit later for that. We're in this series called How to Handle what life hands you. And so as I was thinking about this with Pastor John Simons, I was thinking, okay, how, how to handle what life hands me, how to make sure we finish this race well, um, how, how do I persevere, how do I endure, how do I keep the faith in this situation, how do I keep spiritually fit. And so it took a little while for the clarity to come on which passage to, to go, go from. And uh, usually I have a passage and then I find the theme out of that. And so th- this was one of those times where I was, I was really hoping uh, to be able to be challenged um, by the scripture and still align with, with the theme that seems to be perfect for us today. And so today we're going to look at how to endure our current circumstance. There's three things there's two passages, and there's one question. And I'm, I'm going to let you know right now, and so as we go through the content, it'll make more sense as we go. So the three things are to know the mission, to pass the torch, and to eagerly look forward. And the passages, they're both from Timothy, letters from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. First Timothy 6, 11 through 16, and then 2 Timothy Uh, chapter 4, 5 through 8. And the one question that we'll come back to a few times is, does our circumstance influence our faith or does our faith influence our circumstance? Before we begin, don't check out. I know that there's a ton of content coming at all of us online. I know we're staring at screens more than ever. And it isn't just another Zoom meeting right now or FaceTime or whatever. Uh, You know, this is a moment where we're doing church together, maybe from our living rooms, uh, but that's okay. But I want you to tune in and lean in for this. You might want to grab your physical paper Bible, or if you have your your tablet or or device out with an app, please get this ready. And just as an encouragement and, and some recommended reading. You could read through First and Second Timothy. Uh, you know, I think that it would take maybe 17 minutes to read through the first letter and, and 11 and a half or so minutes for the average reader to read through the second one. So that's under a half an hour. Some of you have a half an hour. You could do that today, but there are other options. There's a, a version plan uh, on the Bible app to read two chapters a day for five days. If that's too much, there's another plan that spreads it out over an entire month and includes a devotional. But I would encourage you to be reading the word in this time and it'll connect in with what we're looking at today. First and second Timothy, as well as Titus, are considered pastoral letters. These are written to individuals and not to churches and it's from the Apostle Paul. Pastoral letters do not mean to be ignored uh, by everyone else. It's just that they're very pastoral in nature. They teach a lot about that, but there's so much theology, so much good stuff for the entire church. So we're looking at Paul's conversation with Timothy here. Paul met Timothy in Acts chapter 16. It says that Paul went to uh, Derby and then to uh, Lystra where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by all the believers there. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. 
Elsewhere, it says that Paul came to regard Timothy as his own beloved and faithful child in the Lord. They had a really special relationship. Let's jump in now to the first of the three things. Number one is to know the mission. To know our mission, to know your mission. Our mission, obviously, is to be ambassadors of Christ. And our mission is to share Jesus with a world who doesn't yet know him. Our mission might be to do that through pastoral ministry like me and some of the staff do or or through music. Uh, But what's your specific mission? I want you to think about right now. And if you're on Facebook right now as, as you're watching this, please share it in the comments. It would be awesome to be able to encourage one another with that. In 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 4, it says that God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So it's pretty clear that we're all part of that mission of, of what God wants. And what truth? Well, it says just after that, that for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And what about Paul's mission? Well, just after that, it says that, and I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. His purpose is clear, and he shares that early in the letter uh, to Timothy. It says, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. Paul begins a second letter to Timothy. I have been sent out to tell others about the life that he, meaning God, has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. Later it says, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from it all. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Suffering's part of it, and if you remember that chapter that deals with that conversion of of Saul, uh, who we refer to as the Apostle Paul now, remember in Acts 9, when the Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision, he said, and now I'm about to show him, the Apostle Paul, what he's in for, the hard suffering that goes with the job. And that's the message paraphrase, and and it says in the NLT, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And so Paul, part of his journey was definitely the suffering. But Paul says in Romans, problems, trials, uh, they develop endurance, strength of character, confident hope of salvation. Paul knew there was purpose for his pain. And Paul was certain of his purpose and mission that was given to him by God. And Paul wanted Timothy to hold on to his own purpose and mission And I believe that he wants that for us too. And so remember that question I mentioned earlier. That's one for us to think about as we continue. Does our circumstance influence our faith or does our faith influence our circumstance? Number one is know the mission. Moving on to number two, it's pass the torch. The next generation desperately needs you. Let's take the focus off of ourselves at this time and help that next generation find their fulfillment and their purpose in Jesus. Help the next generation by demonstrating what it means to hold tightly, as we're going to see in in the upcoming passage. 
Who are you passing the torch on to right now? It would be great for you to share in the comments below. Uh, for th- this was the, the first century that we're looking at, the first time that the Christian faith was being passed down from one generation to the next. So this was vital in a very new thing. And so it's great that we get to glean from the understanding of these early uh, disciples and followers of Jesus. Second Timothy 1.5 says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that, was f- that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother uh, Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Isn't that cool? For many of us, we've had maybe a grandparent and and a parent that's passed it down uh, to us. Maybe for others, it it was a youth pastor, a pastor of some sort, or, or someone, some great person in the church that we were able to look up to. But isn't it awesome how the, the faith is passed down from generation to generation? Now it's time to look at our main passage. So hopefully you already have it, whether it's in your paper, Bible, whether it's on an app or whatever, and you'll see it on the screen as well. This is Paul's advice to Timothy. The entire first letter ramps up to this paragraph. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 through 16. Let's read this. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have been declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven and the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. He alone can never die and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Isn't that cool? You know, I, I think about earlier in, in the reading, and you'll see this if you continue through a plan uh, today or this week or this month. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Paul's talking about um, possibly Timothy's ordination. Some, some think it, it might be his uh, baptism, but, it, but many think it, it's probably his ordination. It says, don't neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. So this is quite possibly Timothy's ordination into ministry where people, they, they laid their hands on him um, we're not sure 100% if Paul was in attendance, but if he was, he would have been directly involved. Paul reminds him of this special moment. The church elders uh, believed in Timothy to carry the torch. And so they're passing it on to him. And, and, and as one author puts it, the laying on of hands symbolized the passing on to another, the gifts of ministry accompanied by the empowerment through God's own spirit. I think about my own ordination in this, and, and this Bible that, uh, that I have before you is the Bible that I received on my ordination, and, and in here, I'm, I'm glad that the date's there, but I, I would never forget it. July the 8th, 
2016. And, and July the 8th uh, was actually my grandmother's birthday. Uh, she passed uh, many years ago, but it was a special day to, to get to uh, take part of this. I thought it was a special memory. And uh, I, I think about the passing of the torch of, of, of my grandparents uh, to, to me. And uh, not only that, the, the faith being passed down, but it reminds me of that day at Beulah Camp Dr. H.C. Wilson was our district superintendent at the time, and uh, Dr. Wilson gave me that first pastoral duty, which was to give the benediction at the end of the ordination service. And so it was, it was kind of a, a cool way to start in the presence of, of so many other uh, pastors and, and a lot of support. The accountability there uh, was unbelievable. To have people that, that believe in you, that are praying for you, uh, that, that say, you know, you have the gifts and abilities to, to do ministry and we're believing in you. Uh, it's super encouraging. And I don't want to forget that, that day, July the 8th, 2016. And, and, and maybe you're watching and you've been ordained. I want to encourage you uh, to fan that flame similar to how uh, the Apostle Paul has encouraged so many don't forget that, that initial start when the things become tough. And they reminded us uh, before ordination, during ordination, uh, and, and each year as we go in to support the next group that's coming along. Uh, it reminds me when I'm reading of, of Paul encouraging Timothy of, of how we need to encourage each other in that. And maybe it's not an official ordination uh, that you've been a part of, but, but going back to the mission and, and the passing of the torch, uh, really we're all meant to be uh, ministers uh, of the gospel and to serve one another and to serve a world that, that needs to hear of Jesus. And so let these pastoral letters be encouraging to you, even if you're not in full-time pastoral ministry, let that be an encouragement to you. So number two is pass the torch. Number three is to eagerly look forward. Most of us are looking forward to something and things continue uh, to kind of improve, at least in our area. Uh, so what, what are some examples that, that you could think of? What are you looking forward to? I'd love for you to share in the comments below. Maybe one of the things you've been looking forward to uh, is now possible. And so share that as well as we encourage one another in the chat. The ultimate end we look forward to is, is seeing Jesus. Now, I bet many of you are, are Zoomed out right now. And, and you've, you've had so many online meetings on Zoom that, that you're sick of it. This past week, I was able to watch a, a message from Louis Giglio. He's the pastor at Passion City Church in Atlanta. And his message was titled, The Glory of the Grind. And just... Uh, after I, I kind of found the passage that I would be looking at today, I tuned in and I was able to hear that he was talking on, on half of the passage that I was uh, getting ready to look at, which was really encouraging. And he had a great point about the Apostle Paul, uh, about how he was able to zoom out and zoom back in. Think about that. He was able to zoom out of the circumstance he was in and then zoom back in with a, kind of a renewed confidence that God is still good. Uh, as they're talking as a church right now, life is hard, but God is good. I think that's encouraging for us today as well. So think about that. Can we zoom out of our current circumstance, see the big picture, have wisdom from God, and then can we zoom back in with renewed confidence? Here's the tension when, when I'm reading from the Apostle Paul, because sometimes people take just one verse away, and it's encouraging, but, but sometimes uh, we, we miss the circumstance. So think about it this way. Paul, how can you say to us, 
Rejoice in the Lord always, as he says in Philippians 4.4. 4. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Sometimes that's hard to take, right? Other places, it says, don't worry about anything. Really? He says that in, in Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's easy to say, but sometimes that's, that's hard to receive because we feel like, do you know our circumstance? But I think he knows our, our circumstance quite well and, and, and maybe uh, much, much more than, than what we actually know in this situation. Not to make light of your situation, but perhaps the Apostle Paul was, was quite familiar, which gives him more credibility in, in sharing this encouragement to us. So as we eagerly look forward, remember Christ. Ultimately, Christ is the preserver of all living things. And that life that he promised to us, it's the one that's being preserved by Jesus in this life and the life to come. So we're talking about looking forward, but first, Paul did look back. He looked back, and as one author put it, he was filled with good conscience as he looked back over three decades of struggle, risk, and joyful obedience. Paul also recognized it was the grace of God that enabled his struggle. Now, let's look at that other passage that was mentioned. This is Paul kind of on his self-reflection as he's passing the torch and getting ready to look forward um, for Timothy here. It's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. And it says, uh, As for me... My life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. That's where that third uh, main point comes from. Keep in mind here, Second Timothy is possibly Paul's final letter. It, letter. It might be Titus, but but quite possibly this this is it. He's writing from Rome. Uh, at the end of Acts, it informs us uh, as Luke writes that Paul lived in Rome at his own expense for two years. This was kind of a, a house arrest situation. There's missing parts that we, we can't know for certain what that looked like, uh, but he was definitely guarded. Paul also looked at the present. My body is in chains, but not my spirit, is how another author put it. I, I love that. In our current circumstance, uh, there's a lot of pressure on, on us. Uh, but what about our, our spirit? What, what has God enabled us in, in this moment? It says in, in 2 Timothy uh, 6, the, the time of my death is near. Paul knew that at any point he could be sentenced to death. Uh, and so he's, he's trying to finish up his, his earthly ministry, even though he is constrained. He's writing as much as he can as he's sharing. Um, you know, as, as I was reflecting, uh, realizing that, you know, we're removed by, by nearly 2,000 years. I, I get that, but it felt very real to me when I was reading this today, picturing uh, Paul, who is a real person, but picturing him as, as though he was present 
and, and picturing Timothy on the other end receiving this letter that we have the privilege of, of reading and knowing, uh, I got a little bit emotional thinking of, of this. Here, the Apostle Paul, it, it's basically like writing to his, his son. And, and, and I, just, I just couldn't help but, but think of how, how sad that, that is, in, humanly speaking, even though there's, there's so much joy on the spiritual side. Um, this is a difficult time, and he's trying to convey as much as he can to, to Timothy, his kind of son in, in the faith. I love what the message says. It says, but you, speaking to Timothy, keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. You take over. I'm about to die. Even though that's, that's true, that sobering truth, don't you hear the encouragement in that? Isn't that amazing? And so I ask again, does our, cur- does our circumstance, this current circumstance that we're all in together, does that influence our faith or does our faith influence our circumstance? But keep in mind, Paul did look forward and that's what I'm encouraging you to do even today. 2 Timothy 4 verse 8 says this, And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. In the message it says, all that's left now is shouting God's applause. Can you picture that? How awesome. Depend on it. He's an honest judge. He'll do right not only by me, but by everyone eager for his coming. And that's the ultimate looking forward. Remember what he said in the previous letter in that passage? In the message paraphrase, it goes this way. Our master, Jesus Christ, is on his way. He'll show up right on time. His arrival guaranteed by the blessed and undisputed ruler, high king, high God. He's the only one death can't touch. His light's so bright, no one can get close. He's never been seen by human eyes. Human eyes can't take him in. Honor to him and eternal rule, oh yes. Again, does our, uh, does our current circumstance influence our faith? Or does our faith influence our circumstance? As we're closing together, back to the end of that second main passage that we're looking at, 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 18. Read this, and there's a few, uh, a few phrases, a few words that really pop off the page to me. It says, the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. And, and, and think about that, how, how sad that would have been for, for Paul uh, to feel alone in that. But may it not be counted against them. He's taking on that spirit of Jesus. How incredible is that? And this, this really stood out to me. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. Be encouraged by that today. I believe the Lord would do that for you as well. And this is the reason why he did it for Paul. So that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. As one, as we're closing, as one other uh, author put it, it said, while Nero, who was ruler at the time in that area, was about to declare Paul guilty and condemn him, on the other hand, Christ, the righteous judge, was about to declare him r- righteous. 
And it's amazing that in all these circumstances, Paul was able to eagerly look forward. And I I believe we're to be encouraged to do that as well today. Let me pray for you. Father, thanks so much for for this day that we could share together online in in this capacity. Thanks for the technology to be able to do this. Thanks that we've been able to worship you together today. Uh, thank you for our, our lead pastor, John Simons, for, for his uh, guidance, his leadership, and his pastoral prayer earlier. And God, as we're about to continue in, in worship, we're thinking that our, our, our hope is built on nothing less. And God, as we're getting ready to sing that, may that be true. May that be a true testimony for us today. As we're eagerly looking forward to, to many things, but ultimately to you, um, Father, would you do a special work among us today? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.